Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show, we have Katie Ord of Cultivate Strength coming to you from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Katie, what's going on? How are you today? Hello, I'm great. Thank you for having me. I am excited to have you. I'm excited to pick your brain on this um, because this is not exclusive to the world of fitness. It expands a little bit into the healthcare realm. Before we get into the, the strategy and the tactics of the business operations here, Katie, tell us a little bit about Cultivate Strength and, and what this business is. I, uh, it's a lot. I am a doctor of physical therapy and I've been a strength coach for around six years. Um, the idea behind cultivate strength is that it's a private studio space. Um, super COVID friendly. We do mostly one-on-one or small group classes. And I rent out the space by the hour to other healthcare practitioners and coaches. Um, I try to offer a lot of mentorship opportunities to them. So I have some really basic marketing materials for them. Um, and I have, you know, just like how to set up an LLC. Like I love working with new college grads and stuff like that. Sure. And so a number of components to this, take us back a little bit, because I think how we got here is just as fascinating to me as, as the direction that we're going. When, not the, not the day that we opened the doors to this, but when did the idea pop into your head, hey, I'm going to open up my own business in my own studio? Uh, I had kind of a vision of opening my own clinic when I started my doctorate degree and I pulled a total Steffi Cohen where I got halfway through and was like, Oh no, I've made a huge mistake. Um, and so it had definitely been on my mind for a while, but it was around August of 2021 that, well, I mean, it would have been a few months before, but I opened in August, 2021. Um, and life just happened to manifest that for me. Sure. And so about a year in, right? Just, mm-hmm. just approaching or past potentially, depending on where, when we, people listen to this a year in of running your own business, talk to us just some from a 30,000 foot view of your favorite part about running your own business. And then as a follow-up, the most challenging part of running your own business. My favorite part of the business is that I love to learn and I'm constantly learning. I have a lot of roles in my business. Um, I really enjoy the marketing aspects. I love seeing patients. I love strength coaching. Um, So it keeps me really busy and entertained. I'm kind of one of those people that is just constantly going, constantly trying something new. Um, The worst part is that... um, I'm a not shy introvert. And so I try to work only part-time, just see clients and patients a few days a week. And the rest of the time I do online coaching. I see. Okay. So there's kind of two different avenues, but a tale that makes sense as to how we got here today. Now, the business as it stands, you mentioned in person, at least we're working with just a handful of, of clients, but talk to us about what spoke to you through the one-on-one model more so than anything else. Why did you choose to go that route? I really 
think that I'm able to work more effectively in a one on one model. Um, I'm not a great multitasker and so group training really stresses me out and I also offer an extremely individualized experience and so no one's workouts ever look like anyone else's. I do an hour long interview with every single client or patient before I even agree to take them on. So for me, it just made sense with my personality and the way that I approach my practice. Sure. Now, this being a fairly new business, a lot of people listen to our podcast to figure out how do I get more clients? How do I get the word out? What was successful for you in terms of, of spreading the word about this newfound business? Hands down, guerrilla marketing. I'm super involved in my community. Um, I want to say that Oklahoma is not as bad as you think, except I don't want you guys to visit here. So it sucks. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm, yeah, I'm super active in my community. Um, I have a grassroots social media presence where I have a lot of Facebook friends and then I forget that I have a business page. I think the algorithm is really screwed on that. So I never use that, but I do, if I've ever met anyone in my life, I add them on Facebook. Um, and then I do a pretty good job of keeping up with them and interacting. I have a couple of Facebook groups that I run accountability groups. So I think one's local and it's about 500 members. And then the other one's worldwide. It's about a thousand. Um, and I also, just will give advice to anyone. Like if anyone says like, Hey, my ankle hurts or like, Hey, can you just look at the squat video real quick? No problem. Like it only takes me a couple minutes to do that. And by offering those services to that person, I automatically get free word of mouth advertising. And so if anyone is ever looking for a personal trainer in Tulsa, I immediately get tagged in that. So that's been super successful for me. It's just being, being myself, being authentic. Yeah. Not stressing about it. <laughs> The, the social media piece in conjunction with traditional word of mouth. And I don't think those two things are, are tremendously exclusive. A lot of the time, those are the same things. People, it's so easy to tag somebody, like a post, comment, share, whatever it may be. Have you either to this point or entertained the idea of in the future putting any kind of advertising budget into social media? I played with the idea, but to be honest, my schedule's too full. Um, it's been it's like, I don't want to flex. I know we're looking at a recession, but, uh, what I'm doing is working. Yeah. So that, that changes the dynamic of our conversation a little bit. Uh, so many people in our industry are trying to figure out how do I fill my schedule now that you're there, what comes next? What's sort of the, the next move to make sure that the business can still grow a little bit without necessarily flooding you full of people. I'm looking for a larger space. I love managing my business. That's probably one of the favorite aspects for me. And so my goal is before next year to start applying for some grants and some loans to try and get into a larger space. I'm going to keep the private one-on-one -on -one studio. It's just 600 square feet. So there's like a bunch of rogue equipment and then a separate room for the massage therapists that rent from me. Um, so I'd love to have a second location for that, but I'm just kind of figuring out what happens with the United States. That's an important aspect to all of this, um, but play in that hypothetical here with me for a moment. We get a second space, fun conversation to have. What's the, we got it, I hand you a magic genie lamp and you get the gym of your dreams or the business of your dreams. What does it look like? What, what's the model? What's the size? Tell me about that. Oh, I want to say probably about two to four thousand square feet um i'm 
a snob when it comes to equipment. So a lot of high-end barbell stuff. Um, I'd love to have um, like, yeah, just more of the Kabuki and Rogue equipment that I'm not able to fit in my space right now. Um, I am running out of room for the coaches that I have right now. We have a master schedule and everybody's awesome about it and about sharing the space, but I know that they have extra clients that they would love to bring into this space. Um, so honestly, it's just the model that I've been doing has worked a little too well. And so I'd like for it to just look exactly the same, but a little bit bigger. A little bit. This is 600 square feet, I would imagine, would feel pretty tight pretty quick with other people trying to utilize it. Yeah, we only schedule one at a time. Uh, if someone's using the back room, like a massage therapist or another physical therapist, then we'll schedule two at a time. But otherwise, yeah, we, we've all chosen that, you know, we only want to work with one practitioner at a time in this space. Sure. Now, keeping in mind that that idea of looking forward here, big, big picture, this thing for me, I think we in fitness have a tough time wrapping our brain around exit strategies or, or retirement. And a lot of people say they're going to do this until the day they die. But is there a, a timeline for you? Is there a, Hey, at some point I'm going to step back from training to focus on something else. What does that look like? I'm already there. I worked 80 hours a week throughout my doctorate degree. I have a 13 year old daughter, 16 year old stepson, like I'm already there. And so I, that's why I'd like to expand the business and be able to have more coaches and um, provide more mentorship opportunities. I love teaching. Um, so I'd love to be able to host a lot of workshops and stuff like that. And then the online coaching is amazing where I just went off to the beach last week. I was able to continue working, didn't have to take any time off, still made money, got paid, spent a ton of time with my family. So I've already, decided that um i'd like to take uh i still want to work in person a little bit but i definitely want to take a step back from that my front-facing obligation yeah. i think i i ask that because so many people haven't thought about that we find especially in the personal training space that so many people even if they're training 60 70 80 plus hours in a week that's all that they ever thought about and that's all that they know with the combination of the online training, do you think that that's something that you are looking to expand upon? I know you said you were pretty capped in person, but is online training more scalable for you? Maybe slightly. I could probably take on a few more clients, but again, sorry, my dogs are wrestling in the background. Um, I could take on a few more clients, but again, I offer a super personalized experience and I don't want to compromise my original mission plan. Yeah. I have a handful of questions here and it's more just based on your perspective as a gym owner. If you were starting this whole thing over, I mean, it's only been a handful or a year in this specific business, but it sounds like there's been a lot culminating to get to this point. If you were starting all of this over, would you have done anything differently? Uh, honestly, no. This was a kind of a midlife crisis career change. I'm 34. Um, and I'm really glad that it worked out that way. It meant that I valued my education a lot more and I took my responsibilities much more seriously. Um, so, you know, I'm sure there's small things. Like if I were to think about it an hour later, I would have an answer, but it's going, <laughs> we'll have to check back with you and get yeah, up. Yeah. Like I make dumb mistakes constantly, you know, like I, there's like personalities the I wish it. it could change. Yeah. But, uh, to be fair, no, it worked out so well. COVID worked out in my favor. You know, all of the EIDL loans were 
oh my God, just, I, I got really lucky to be honest. So be a lucky person is my advice. Yeah, that, that I, I've spread that to everyone that we know listening to this. Now, a final question to, to somewhat cap us off here. You mentioned really, really liking to help people new to the industry get them set up. What's the best piece of advice if you could tell one thing to somebody looking to open up their own fitness business? What's Don't work at a big box gym ever. Um, try to find a local gym and they don't take, that's how I started my career. Um, they don't take as high of a cap. So I think I started out like $5 ahead when I was training clients at a locally owned gym. And I was able to build my clientele from there. And there was never any kind of competition when it came to, you know, moving my clients to a different space. Um, that and networking, people just really underestimate the power of networking and just being generous with your time. That was more than you. That was like three things. Sorry. Three is three times better than one. So you certainly knocked it out of the park there. Katie, this has been a bunch of fun having this conversation. Before we sign out of here and, and wrap things up on our end, why don't you tell people where they can learn a little bit more about Cultivate or about your online training? What are the best sources of information to find more about what you do? Definitely my website is just cultivatestrength.com. You're welcome to shoot me an email, katie at cultivatestrength.com. I'm uh, friendly to a personality fault. I love hearing from you. If you ever have any questions or just need a pep talk, like that's who I am as a person, unfortunately. So you're so welcome to reach out. Fantastic. Well, we'll hold you accountable and, and hopefully send some people to your social media. So hopefully you're paying a little bit more attention there here moving forward. Katie, I, I can't thank you enough for being willing to contribute to this conversation. I think entrepreneurs in our industry need to have this sort of 30,000 foot chat every once in a while. And so I appreciate your time. I appreciate your, your willingness to share and we wish you nothing but the best here moving forward. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate you. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Zach from Temple Fitness in Wayland, Michigan. What's up, Zach? How are you today? I'm doing good. Thanks, Bree. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. All right, so let's jump into the details here. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? What's the backstory there? So, yeah, I... Uh basically I was a, I was a kid who who never really knew what he wanted to do when everybody else in in high school was like oh yeah I want to be this I'm going to go to college for this I was like I have no idea what I want to do so I basically went to college um and just spent money 
spinning my wheels, not knowing exactly what I wanted. Then I put it together. I was like, I love exercise. Exercise is the one thing I love uh, learning about. Um, and I love people. So I was like, I have to become a personal trainer. And ultimately I want to, you know, own my own gym someday, way, way down the line. So I finished college, went to the National Personal Training Institute in Detroit, um, finished up there, moved to Grand Rapids, and ultimately uh, became a personal trainer, struggled a little bit here and there, kind of got thrown in with the sharks and, and kind of had to learn on my own. But um, ultimately worked at this uh, kickboxing gym as one of their trainers and COVID uh, took its toll and they went out of business. And after that, I had a good sphere of influence amongst a bunch of people who didn't have a home gym anymore. And something that I thought someday I would own my own gym, maybe 15 years down the line when I you know, could make it happen or have enough money to start it or whatever, I had this opportunity that I couldn't pass up where I was like, you know what, I think I can do it. Even though times are tough, I got a following, I got a people um, mm -hmm. that believe in me and will you know, I think we can do this. So we moved uh, down the road a little bit to Wayland, little little town, um, and uh, kind of put my own my own kickboxing slash weightlifting uh, twist on it to uh, make it fun and get people results. So that's that's kind of how it all came together. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I can definitely relate to a lot of that, not really knowing exactly what you want to do and then finding fitness to be exactly what you want to do. And then, yeah. you know, getting involved in it, but kind of picturing owning a gym a little bit further down the line, but things just kind of happen sooner for you, which is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's a challenging time to open a gym and come into the industry, but there's also a lot of opportunity during you know, the last two years and whatnot and what's been going on. And so positives and negatives, of course, as with everything, but good for you for getting there sooner than you thought. That's exciting. Yeah, it's, it's surprising, but it's been, yeah. it's, been, it's been good so far. Good. So now as far as your business model goes, the way you structure things within the facility, what types of services are you offering? What does it look like? Are you doing group classes, semi-privates, one-on-ones, kind of walk us through the layout there? So originally, um, I did uh, like a group class, and I, I learned I learned the hard way. By no means in this podcast do I want to uh, paint myself as having it together, uh, having the process figured out. I never want to become a master. I want to, you know, I want to do the best that I can and remain a student. So originally, I was just open for like six hours in the morning, then six hours in the afternoon, just always having a trainer there and letting people come in. Uh, when they wanted to and giving them you know a workout which costs a ton of money mm -hmm. and upon doing the math uh, we moved to a different spot and I switched to class times which ultimately is you know saving saving us and allowing us to um, do business better and really give a better product any uh, product anyway uh, even though the convenience side of showing up whenever the client might want to is gone um, the workout's better and people like it more so really kind of our structure uh we have we're kickboxing and weightlifting so we start off with like a kickboxing circuit um then we all hit abs together and then after that we we lift weights and we have three uh programs um we got fat loss muscle gain um and athleticism so depending on who the person might be 
I don't want to throw them into like a cookie cutter uh, type of program. I kind of try to get in with what, what they're looking for, what they need mm -hmm. and give them something more specific while also giving me the ability to work with a large amount of people at the same time. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. Um, that setup and having different options based on, you know, the needs, wants and needs of the clients coming in. So that's cool to have different options like that. Uh, as far as membership base goes, how many members or clients are you currently serving at the facility? So we have um, about 80 people who are like your your day-to-day day-to-day um, -day person. And then we have uh, also a fight team that has been pretty successful um, where we have MMA um, classes as well for people who are interested in that. Um, that's about 20 to 30 guys. Um, Got it. There well, okay. So. okay. And so those 80 members, are they on reoccurring memberships? How do you structure the memberships themselves? So I, yeah, so that's changed a lot as well. Um, mm -hmm. Originally it was kind of, we only had an unlimited membership. So it was kind of like a buffet and people don't really value a buffet, you know, the same way that they did before. So I was actually listening to uh, um, the, the gym launch or reading the gym launch book. What, uh, gym launch secrets right yeah um, so I was uh he was he was explaining like okay when you have more options you can really elevate the value of the it, it, because you can differentiate what the real value of the gym is so now I'm I'm not valuing per month I'm valuing per week um, so we have two memberships we have a three time a week membership where uh which is 22 a week and we have an unlimited membership uh, for 30 a week and as a as a bonus to that, um, I sign you on personally as a client to um, take your results into my own hands. We take measurements, we uh, have conversations about nutrition, about your at-home life, your rest and stuff like that. And I kind of, for what you would expect for a one-on-one -on -one trainer, um, have more of a, an affordable relationship with the trainer rather than paying, you know, 60 or however much um, per hour, you know, mm -hmm. you can kind of have that relationship with me. Um, for a little bit less so that's right, what we've right. been doing recently and that's that's really helped you know emphasize the unlimited is actually having real value right okay yeah i mean multiple ways to increase the value within the facility and then also from a business standpoint you know people there are people that want a higher level of service right and are willing to pay more so it's like yeah. we don't have to get everybody on those packages or that level of service but for the people that do want it we might as well provide it and increase the revenue overall with a few people you know that do want it um so multiple areas to be able to do that and people have different spending wallets right it's like they tend to allocate money toward different things when they start working out. So it's like they start working out, that's one thing, but then it's like, okay, now they start thinking about nutrition, right? And they need direction in that department. And then they start thinking about supplementation. Like how many times are people like, should I get a protein powder? What should I get? Yeah. And then you're sending them somewhere to get it, right? Uh, mm -hmm. it's same thing like branched chain amino acids. People tend to start kind of leaning in that direction. And it's like, there's all of these different streams and avenues where we can add more levels of service within the business. So it's like, if you can keep those under the same roof, 
then that's huge as, as far as providing more revenue for the business. But then also it happens on the membership level as well, because it's like, like you said, you have that unlimited membership, but then it's like, okay, people don't really take that as seriously. Right. So then you switch things up a little bit and you maybe limit it to three times per week. And even doing that, limiting it to three times per week, you increase the amount of people that you can have in the facility at that point, yeah. because then you don't have to worry about every class being full with the same people or not, you know, who knows if they're going to yeah. show up or not. Um, yeah. So, so many different ways to add in different layers of service and higher value and then increase the amount of potential earnings per client which is huge, you know, that's how you really get to the next level and grow and scale. So I'm really glad to hear that you're already implementing some of those strategies that make a huge difference, even just the weekly billing, you know, it's like people yeah, yeah. don't realize that you're missing out on an entire month of membership if you're charging monthly, you know, yeah. like, yeah. which is crazy. Four months out of the year, have five weeks. And a lot of times people are like, well, I feel like I'm um, like trying to pull a fast one on my clients or something. And it's like, no, like yeah. just do the basic math. You know, you're selling yourself short. If you're not being paid for the entire year, you know, 52 yeah. weeks in a year and you're not charging for all of those weeks, you know, people are getting four right. for free. If you're cool with working for free, then Hey, but most people are <laughs> right. Um, we make goals every week. We, uh, we, we pay our trainers every week. You know, there's, there's just, we have so many variables on how long the month might be and uh, right. doing payroll three times comes out this month opposed yeah. to last, last month's like that yeah, there's, it, it adds up and it, it makes a lot of sense. And if, you know, I, I had that same inter, <laughs> inter struggle before that I had to kind of overcome. Um, right. It's like, man, I don't want to charge people more. I don't want, you know, I love my, my members, but it's at the same time, it's like, what's, what's best to keep the lights on, to keep the doors open. And yes. what's good for me is good for everybody. And we got to take care of that. So. Right. Exactly. And that's an important point to keep in mind. You know, it's like, if you get into a situation where you're struggling and you're not making rent on a monthly basis, it's like, okay, well, if the doors close, you're letting all of your members down right? Yeah. Like that's a worse situation to me than saying, Hey, we're going to charge you weekly, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you're doing $10,000 a month right now in revenue, that's an additional $10,000 at the end of the year for changing that one thing, Yeah, you know? And it's like, yeah. that's a big difference. That can be the difference between mm -hmm. you keeping the doors open and you closing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. small little things like that from a business standpoint. And that's what uh, the issue is a lot of times, especially within ownership of gyms, is that people that come in and own gyms are not business people, right? It's like they don't, they've never owned a business. They, a lot of times, I mean, some have gone to school for business or have experience in business, but most are personal trainers who decide, hey, I can do this on my own, you know? And right. then it's like you get into it. And of course, you want to serve your clients in the best way and make everybody happy and trying to balance those two things and figure out the business side of things and learning all these things that you never even knew existed can be challenging. Yeah. Very challenging. Very, yeah. very. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So now as far as 
advertising goes and increasing membership, getting people in the door, this is typically where most gyms struggle. So what are you doing for advertising and how is it working for you? We, uh, we normally do um, a challenge every now and then where I'll give like stuff that I just have for free. Um, it could be like uh, like a shirt or something like that. That's you know not going to really cost me much, but people will go above and beyond for you to uh, just get something like that, you know. And it also like helps them feel at home, like you belong here. Um, so stuff like that. That because like I did one thing that was a huge mistake, um, where I was like I I messaged my group chat of all all of my members and I was like, hey, what would in, what incentivize incentivize you? Would it be this 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 or this? And they said. Uh, cash, money. So I was like, whatever. <laughs> like everything I've read said that this isn't true, but okay, whoever gets the most people in this month, I'm going to give them a hundred bucks. So ultimately the person that won brought in seven people that all signed up that month. And she didn't even know that I ever posted about the hundred dollars. <laughs> so she beat everybody and she wasn't incentivized at all. So it was like, what could I have you know, just gotten, uh, gotten people to, you know, help me out. Um, just from being like, yo, I'll, I'll give you a shirt. I'll give you a bag, you know, something, something like this. Like people, people want to help and people are competitive and they want to win yeah. and, and earn something, you know? So I was like, all right, so giving a free month or giving, you know, uh, just somebody a hundred bucks, <laughs> like it's, it, it's really not that much incentive anyway. Um, but doing challenges like that has been, uh, really successful. Um, when I do sign on a new client, uh, so we have boxing gloves, obviously for kickboxing mm -hmm. and I tell them, I'll give you half off of your gloves. If you get somebody else to sign up on a trial, um, so they're like, Oh, okay. So now I'm already thinking about my, my friend group and stuff like that at a point where they're already the most excited about the gym mm -hmm. right at the get go. Um, and also Facebook ads have been really good to me too. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna ask about any type of like paid advertising campaigns or things of that nature. So let's dive into that a little bit because there are so many people that have limiting beliefs around Facebook advertising or Google or Instagram paid advertising as a whole, because a lot of times it's like, they'll try it once it doesn't work. And then they just completely write it off forever. Right. But yeah. there are so many things that actually play into paid advertising. Facebook's still the best converting platform. Um, mm -hmm. Front end challenges are still the best converting offers. So typically six week challenge on the front end is still the best converting offer in the market right now. Um, but so many people are like against Facebook advertising, against front end challenge offers a lot of times because they've done Facebook advertising for and just didn't see a return on investment there. So mm -hmm. talk to us a little bit about your experience with Facebook advertising and how you've kind of figured it out and, and nailed that process down. Yeah. I've, I've, I've failed in Facebook too, you know, yeah. and you, it takes experimentation. It takes, you know, trying the different demographics that you can target. Um, mm -hmm. Facebook also is like, Hey, I think this, this will work. And you'd be like, all right, Facebook, if you think that's best click, um, give it a try and see if it works out. So there's, you can, you can do it with such, such ease of being like, okay, how much would you pay to just have a conversation with somebody who's mildly interested? I'd pay a lot just for one conversation, whether it goes well or not. 
and to have and to be able to put money into a platform where that happens for you um and people come to you already you know interested you have their contact information they might say oh not right now well i'm going to put it in my calendar to message them when they said that they're off of vacation or their injury is you know i'm going to be i'm like i have the ability to be on them you know and be in their right. life and what i mean so you just kind of have to be like all right what kind of picture is is best you know a funny picture a funny video you know just people being happy you know something tough or something inspirational or just throwing up straight up words that looks pretty with mm -hmm. what your offer is you know so you just got to keep trying i think and, and figure it out like i'm not an expert but i'm just gonna keep trying they always keep getting a little bit better you know right yeah absolutely it is a lot of trial and error um but you know if you can figure it out the return on investment is unmatched, you know, because yeah. there are so many people that rely on word of mouth and referrals because they get so hung up on the idea that, well, these people want to be here and these are people who are like-minded to the people that are in the gym and because there's no sales process with that, you know, really, mm -hmm. I mean, the people are referrals, they come in, they know what to expect, they know what the prices are most of the time, they're ready to sign up. And so yeah. many gym owners and personal trainers are just afraid of sales. It's like a bad word, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so they get so hung up on just, well, we'll just do referrals. We'll just do word of mouth. And it's like, okay, well, why have we been at a hundred members for the last three years? You know, and, right. and we can't really get past that because on a monthly basis, a few leave out the back door. It's natural. It happens. People move, people get new jobs, life changes, whatever it might be. And if we're only getting a couple people a month in off of word of mouth and referrals, then we're probably going to stay in the same spot for quite a while until we change something, right? right? And yeah. the other side of it is word of mouth and referrals are not reliable or trackable because mm -hmm. it's like on, you know, one month we might see five new faces come off of referrals. The next month we might not see any. You know, and it's like, we can't rely on it. We can't track it, can't track it. We can't grow it. So it makes it really challenging to plan and grow the business when we have no idea what we're looking at as far as memberships go. hundred percent. That's yeah. And my sales, my sales mind, like I completely started off. No, no sales ability, no clue what I was doing. But like, like you said, it's like, okay, if, if I, the referral does come in, it's kind of like a bonus, like, oh, nice. Like I'm not, not relied on it but it's a handout and like sweet but mm -hmm. I, you're not going to rely on handouts like I got so many jobs I'm the janitor I'm the accountant I'm the I'm the salesperson I'm the you know everything you right, know so right. it's like okay part of your job as a salesman I had to you know make sure that you know my my pitch is good you know uh, if somebody does come in and has barely entry any interest at all they just stumbled it they might not even know where they're at I, I want to hope that I'd be confident to be able to offer them something good to, to be able to present myself in a way that would be like, you know, this is good for your life because mm -hmm. sales is a scary word. If you don't actually, maybe you don't believe in what you're doing, right. but if you actually got into this thing, believing that you're out to help people and that you receiving their money so you can give them good things is it, that's not really sales. It doesn't exactly. seem very, like sales to me. Right. You know, it's like, I really want to help, but in order for me to have a livelihood and to take care of this place, yeah, it's going to have, I'm going to need, you know, something in return, just like everything else in life. You know? Right. 
exactly. They come to you with a problem and you you provide the solution. You know, it's a service and people pay for that. That's expected. And people expect to pay, you know, yeah. They, yeah. they don't, they know nothing in this world is for free. You know, it's like people know, and they're not afraid to spend money either. They're afraid of commitment sometimes, but they're not afraid to spend money. Um, yeah. I like that. But, and, and I'll, I'll definitely get more to that in a minute. Um, but I liked what you said about sales and that you learned sales. You learned the process, right? Because it's like so many people just say, I'm not a salesman. And then it's like, well, how much time have you taken to learn sales? How much sales training have you done? How much time have you put into learning a process around sales and how to talk to people and how to get them from point A to point B? Because a lot of times they're walking in your door. They don't have any experience in fitness. They are unhealthy. They need to lose weight. They need to gain muscle. They need better stability. They need better cardio, endurance, whatever it is. They, they need something from you. And it's like, if you can't convey that message to them that you can solve their problem, then you're doing them a disservice. Right. So it's like, let's flip how we look at sales and look at it as if we're going to help them and we're going to extend their life and improve their life or we're letting them down. Yeah, hundred percent. It's like that really changes the way that you look at it. And it's like, okay, well now are we going to sign them up or are we not? Because we're going to help them yeah. or we're not. Right. And it's like, yeah, they have to pay for it. The other side of that is that people who pay, pay attention. Right. Mm -hmm. So like if somebody, if you run a free program and I've done this in the past, so I know you'll have a hundred people at first, right? Mm -hmm. Give it a week, maybe. You'll probably have 50, maybe. The next week, you'll have maybe 20. The yeah. next week, you'll have maybe 10, right? And it's like, okay, well, did these people ever actually get to where they want to be? Did they see progress or results or improvements in any area? Probably not, because they didn't value it the way that they should, right? Yeah. But if they're spending money, you know, if they're putting money down and it's a, a substantial amount, they're going to notice it coming out of their bank account. Chances are they're going to show up. They're going to stick to the plan and they're going to get the results that they're looking for. And that's how you change people's lives. Right. Yeah. It's an investment. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we have to not be afraid to ask people to do that, you know, yeah. as personal trainers, as gym owners, to not be afraid to ask somebody to invest in the most important thing that you can ever invest in. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, right. that's awesome. And it's like, people get so caught up on like time of year or, you know, in the summertime because it tends to slow down a little bit, but it's like, mm -hmm. okay, well, let's look at things. You know, people are still buying cars. People are still buying houses. You know, people are still going out and shopping and spending money. People are still going out to restaurants on weekends yeah. or bars or whatever it might be. People are still spending money. Yeah. So it's like, we got to get past that limiting belief and look at it from a logical standpoint. Yeah. You know, They're probably spending more money, more money in the summer. Absolutely. The sun, on rest, like, Oh, I can't afford it. Well, you go into the restaurant every, all the time. Right. <laughs> you know, so, right. So, 
Right. Yeah. People's activities tend to increase in the summertime because you can be outside more, you can do more. So yeah, people are probably yeah. spending more money in the summertime. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, getting it's usually it's just limiting beliefs that hold us back from getting to that next level, right? We stand in our yeah. own way. We have our own ideas about money and the way that people spend. And a lot of times, which is really, this is one of the most challenging things to do, especially when we're talking about sales and selling memberships and is not decide for somebody, right? Because it's kind of human nature to pass judgment on people or, or decide something for somebody, right? And if somebody comes in and they're kind of giving you their limiting beliefs or, um, you know, it's like they're either selling you or you're selling them. And then yeah, a lot of times yeah. you decide how much money they have in their bank account. Right. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, yeah. like even before you sit down with somebody and have a conversation, a lot of times you can decide, like, I'm going to sell this person. Yeah. Or I'm not because there's something in the back of your mind that's holding you back. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's so hard not to do that, to get past yeah. that and not do that because you don't know somebody sitting in front of you that might look homeless could have $10 million in their bank account. Like you yeah. never know, yeah. you yeah. know, and I used to tell my staff that all the time, like never pass judgment on somebody, regardless of what they tell you, because for all, you know, they could be a billionaire. Like you have no yeah. idea, especially when it comes to the money thing. Well, like, uh, I don't know. I don't want to, you have no idea. Um, yeah. so that's a huge piece as well. Um, yeah. but now with the, along the lines of, you know, people not being afraid to spend money and people pay, people who pay, pay attention. Have you ever run a higher ticket front end offer? I, I have been really trying to explore um, what that would look like. Right, that's, um, right now I'm doing a $10 for 10 day trial, mm -hmm. which, which beforehand I was doing a, uh, a first time free workout. So everything was riding on that sales pitch. So for, it was good practice for me because everything <laughs> was on the line. Right. You know, we, they're not going to come back. They expired their, their one, you know, their one shot um, mm -hmm. with you. So with the trial, it's like, I don't have to go be high pressure at all. I can mm -hmm. just day one, you know, I'm going to have fun with them and I'm going to encourage them to come back in. Um, and then once I establish kind of more of a relationship with them, I can, I can do that. But the, the, the front end offer, um, that's something I've been looking into and, and want to um, ex experiment in before. Like I was talking about, is I don't want to act like I have my, my process. That's something I want to explore as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, there's a lot of benefits to it. You know, when people come in on low barrier offers, how, first of all, before I even get into that, how are those converting? Really well. They're, they're, almost a hundred percent people are, people are signing up. They're really, really high. So good. those have been good. Good. Yeah. yeah, that is good. Um, because along the lines of what we had just talked about with people that invest more, typically stick to it more, they show up, they get better results, etc. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a lot of times people coming in on a higher ticket front end offer, there's so many benefits for both the client and then for the business as well. Because mm -hmm. again, if people are putting more money down, they're showing up to class, they're sticking to meal plans, you know, they're doing their homework, whatever it is that they need to do, they're getting the results that they're looking for. And then typically they're sticking around for long periods of time too, because results are what sell, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
but the other side of that for the business acquiring that front end cash is huge because mm-hmm. most gyms don't have any type of working capital. You know, it's like on a monthly basis, we're, we're just getting by. You should have three to four months of working capital in the bank to keep the gym open. If you had no money coming in for three to four months, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to sustain the business, keep the doors open, there should be enough money in the bank to cover that. Most gyms, that's not the case, especially right now, you know? So it's like, then you're in a position where paid advertising looks a little bit scary, right? Because you don't have money in the bank and we're just getting by on a monthly basis a lot of the time. But if you're able to run a higher ticket front end offer and you're collecting cash on day one and it's enough to cover the cost of acquiring that client plus some, that puts us in a really good spot because then we never have to actually take money out of our pocket to feed back into the advertising. And that client is covering whatever it costs you to get them in the door on day one. Because right. yeah. most, most gyms are never profitable over the lifetime of their client, which is crazy. That's mind blowing, mm-hmm. right? Typically yeah. people stick around for three to six months and it costs more for the gym owner to acquire that client than they ever end up paying across that three to six months. Yeah. You know, so it's yeah. like, then we're, we're stagnant and there's no, there's no movement there or we're losing money, which is even worse. But yeah. again, if we can cover that cost on day one, and then also have a little bit of cash left over to feed back into the advertising and acquire more clients, that's how things really built from there. So that's yeah, huge. Awesome. Like, yeah. It, I mean, it makes a huge difference within the business. It makes a huge difference for clients because they get better results because they're more invested. Um, so overall, it's just huge. I love, I love a high ticket front end offer. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely, that's definitely, I think the next, the next level for me, uh, to start applying that hundred percent. That's, that's like, I try to write out like what the, the, the ultimate gym and how it functions, write down all the characteristics that it has and be like, all right, how, what can I apply and start chipping away at that's that's definitely in there um as what what like the the ideal gym that i would i would get to be a part of um does so yeah that's that's really good yeah and it takes a lot of pressure off of you as the gym owner too because you know you're covering a lot of your costs with that and then you know you can be a better owner, you can serve your clients better, you know, because like you said before, as a gym owner, you're wearing so many hats, you're doing so many things all the time and your head's constantly spinning. And the last thing that you want to be worried about is like making rent on a monthly basis, you know, right. it's like, yeah. or, or covering the cost of overhead overall. Cause it's not just rent, right. There's so many mm-hmm. things that have to be covered on a monthly basis. So yeah. it is very beneficial again for the business and for clients as well. So huge. That's good. Yeah. Uh, So now as far as goals go, big picture goals for you, where are you looking to take the business? What does the ideal business that you want to be a part of look like? Yeah, I think um, really just keep, keep growing um, and bringing more people in Uh, for myself, being able to have some more like overhead uh, free time to be able to kind of, uh, help people kind of not, maybe not on the floor, uh, as much, but kind of be maybe in the background of like, okay, so this is kind of the whole plan that we're making. Um, 
and kind of be on the outside maybe a little bit. Um, but, uh, and also grow, grow the fight team. Um, uh, we have, we, we've stormed onto the scene as of, as of late and we got some really, really incredible guys who are, who are fighting for us. And last month we, uh, we have, we've had three guys fighting one night and, uh, one by knockout and two by technical knockout. And, uh, nobody knows who we are. <laughs> we come in, <laughs> we just kind of take the arena and it was really, really incredible feeling. And that's a feeling that I want more is, uh, to be able to kind of dominate that athletic space and for our normal, you know, average members to know that they're not just getting, you know, any kickboxing training, but that, um, there's, there's really a, a professional backing behind, uh, what we're doing as well, that kind of would, they would flow into each other and really build on each other. So, those are just a couple things that I think uh, would be really, really great to see in the future. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Good for you for being able to be unexpected and kind of just come out with a bang. So that's awesome. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. Yeah, for sure. Definitely exciting and makes you want more. Yeah, yeah, 100%. That's awesome. All right. So now one thing I like to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering opening their own gym, doing their own thing, going their own way, what would that be? What's one of the most important things that you've learned throughout your time in ownership? I think, uh, I think one thing that comes from that question is really funny because as a personal trainer, every other personal trainer you talk to almost, uh, wants to own a gym and I come into it and I'm like, I don't think you, you know what you're talking about. I don't think you know that you want this um, because simply being a personal trainer is not, is not enough. You know, like, like we talked about earlier, just that mindset of like, I'm a personal trainer. I'm going to give you my everything. Uh, you should hundred um, percent, even as a trainer and owner. Um, however, there's so many other hats that you really need to think, do you really want this? Because for your, your, your potentially, ending your life in a lot of ways that you could flow seamlessly, go hang out with friends, go and do this, go and do that. And for Mm -hmm. who knows how long uh, until things are established and things are growing and things are, you know, it's, it's, your baby can walk on its own. Mm -hmm. That might not be a thing. So I think a lot, all of all these other, you know, personal trainers who are thinking on that, we're like, I, I don't, I don't think you should. I think that uh, this is a high calling. This is very difficult. And again, like we were saying with the sales thing before, uh, mm-hmm. I don't like sales or I, I didn't used to like sales. Now I chomp at the bit at the, with the, for the opportunity, you know, um, that the only reason you'd shoot is that if you expect to, for the ball to go in. So no matter right. who's in front of me, it's, it's going to work out. I'm going to, I'm going to get you here. You're going to like it. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to be able to serve you. And that's what I'm going into this with. But beforehand, having that expectation that I needed to evolve in, in sales and uh, would have never, never thought it was important. But to know, I guess if I could sum it up, I would say to be malleable. Um, don't act like you have it all together. There's so many things that, you know, you need to learn and need to keep on evolving as, a, as an all-around person. Um, be malleable and expect that you're, you're not going to be a master at maybe anything except writing a good workout Mm -hmm. and go from there. So, right. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's funny that you say that because I used to tell people the same thing. Like, are you sure you want to open a gym? Do you realize what it takes? Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's, I was working, I mean, especially before scaling. So we were in a bad spot before scaling and, and getting into a good spot, you know, but yeah. to get there, I was working 90 hours a week you know I was mm -hmm. not sleeping yeah. I was basically at the gym all the time I had absolutely no social life like I had friends before I I've lost all of those friendships because I was just so invested in what I was doing and where I was going and if you're not willing to put in that time if you're not willing to make those sacrifices especially in the beginning it's going to be really tough you know yeah. because that's a lot of times what's necessary to get you there um mm -hmm. but yeah i especially and then going through covid i was like you don't want to open a gym <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. you know it's so stressful um yeah. but yeah i mean i think just being more so aware of what you're getting into beforehand and then also keeping an open mind and being willing to adapt and take advice from people who have been there, you know, yeah. because yeah. deciding that you know everything in the beginning is going to get you nowhere. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you money and it'll set you back, you know, but if you keep an open mind and you're willing to listen to successful people that have been there and have done it and have learned from their mistakes, then it can be huge in saving you time and money. Yeah. hundred percent. I yeah. agree a thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. All right. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? We're on Facebook. Uh, it's called, uh, Temple Fitness of Wayland. Um, our logo is a TF with uh, some flowers in it. Um, and also on Instagram, we're at underscore Temple Fitness. And uh, we try to, oh, we also, are, our, our MMA team is uh, at Temple MMA on Instagram as well. Um, but yeah, we try to post informational stuff, good stuff, um, funny stuff. Um, I'd love for people to to follow along and any, any other gym owners who may be listening. Um, I'd love to chat with you and, and learn from you or uh, if you want to chat and, and see any successes that I may have had, I'd love to share about that as well. Absolutely. Awesome. Perfect. Alrighty. So Zach from Temple Fitness in Wayland, Michigan. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great having you on the show. Thank you. Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode.
Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Montero, and today we're joined by Matt Fetters from Riku Personal Training in Costa Mesa, California. Matt, what's going on, man? Just excited to be here. Looking forward to this. Dude, happy to have you. Uh, thank you for coming on spending some time with us. So Riku Personal Training, you gave me the backstory here off camera. Uh, love your model, love your setup. I know you've been in the industry for some time now. So let's dive in, man. So when you decided to start this business, where was kind of your mindset then as far as your goal as to why you wanted to do it and what was kind of your business goal too at the same time? Sure. Um, you know, I've been in this industry for my whole life, admittedly. Uh, you know, joined my father in his personal training studios when I was 18, went to school for kinesiology and then ultimately for business management. And, um, you know, the, the decision to continue in the path and eventually open up my own studios once my father sold his was, you know, A, to continue the legacy that my father had already established, um, but also to control my own destiny. You know, um, when my wife and I got pregnant and uh, we decided on the name Cooper for our son, I kind of had jokingly put it out there one day that if we opened up a gym, we should call it Recoup just his name backwards and, uh, you know, put it out to the universe and it's stuck. And inside six months and two weeks after he was born, we had signed the lease on this space and it's just been a really fun, crazy journey, but a rewarding one. Yeah, man. I love to hear that. And now you've been in this space two and a half years, right? Thereabouts. Correct. Yeah. So we opened up these doors, uh, about 10 weeks before COVID. It's crazy, man. As I've talked to so many people open those doors early March, 2020 wild. So, We'll, we'll get into that in a second, um, the COVID piece. But before that, what was it about this space that kind of piqued your interest and why did you choose this specific space? In regards to personal training? Just your actual brick and mortar. Like what made you choose this over, over anything? Oh, else? sure. Yeah. Um, well, a, a large part of the reason behind uh, where we are is just the radius of uh where a lot of our clientele that was already with us lived um you know costa mesa is uh i wouldn't go as far as say up and coming but you know it's definitely one of the younger cities in regards to personal training in orange county um and i can say that you know with over a decade of experience being in huntington beach so you know it was exciting for us to kind of remove ourselves from where we had already been in huntington and and continue on what we had started in costa mesa very cool very cool so yeah appreciate you sharing that with us man and now with the space you have for the listeners what is the model that you guys there run at recoup personal training i know it's a little more than just personal training Yep. So it's a hundred percent private. So 2,600 square foot space. No one comes in, trains on their own. Um, I always tell, you know, prospective clients that it's also private to trainers. So we don't rent out our space and all the trainers here are employed by recoup. So that really just allows us to control the environment, you know, have some great consistency among the team and the style of training that's delivered. And we, uh, we do primarily that small group, that semi-private personal training. So four to six people in a session, a uh, little bit of a, a price break in regards to the one-on-one training. So we charge on average between 45 and $60 for a one-hour session per person. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Yeah, I love the small group model like we talked about before. And what, what was your reasoning behind doing that specifically as opposed to a big group or one-on-one specifically? 
why the small group? What, what was the, what are the pros to that for you guys? Well, I mean, I'd be lying if I said that it was my idea, you know, again, being with my father and his business prior to this, you know, he had perfected that model. I mean, he was doing it as far as, you know, back in the mid nineties in our home garage training four people in an hour. And I remember when, you know, he talks about his, his beginning of that semi-private model. It was like this big secret, you know, like I just made, you know, I just made it possible to make over a hundred dollars an hour as a, as a personal trainer. And, uh, you know, you kind of remove yourself as the therapist in a personal training session too, when you're not doing one-on-one, we can actually focus on the work and the results that come from it. Um, so it made sense to continue doing that. Um, it's something that we have, you know, tremendous experience with by this point. And a lot of our clientele was already familiar with it. So it, what didn't come as a surprise when we opened up recoup to maintain that model. Sure. Yeah. You just, it's not broke. Don't fix it. Right. So yeah, right. Uh, obviously great model for you guys to run there where you're at now, as far as getting clients in the door, you guys opened right before COVID came in. So Matt, what is like your marketing philosophy and strategy been like these past couple of years? So, you know, we do have some, uh, you know, fortune behind, uh, people do recognize my name in this industry and the fetters name, uh, you know, they recognize, uh, us in this space. And so that does benefit us. We're also right on a, a corner that's got some great street, um, street views and, you know, our, our windows make it very clear who we are. So we definitely benefit from some organic growth. Um, but you know, a large part of how we market is through our testimonials, you know, showcasing consistently the results that come out of our studio and then also, you know, making it clear to our clientele. It, it sounds funny, but you have to make it clear to them that, you know, Hey, it's okay. If you want to bring your friend in here. I mean, sometimes, you know, we'll have a client who's been with us for a couple of weeks and will say, uh, my husband's interested. It, would it be okay if I bring him in? And you never think that's something that you have to make clear to a client, but it is something that we consistently, you know, email them, text them, speak about in the studio. And then we reward it too. You know, if you bring in a referral and they join for one of our packages, one of our commitments, they get a free month of personal training. That could be, you know, 500, 600 bucks value to them. And then we also recognize that in the studio, you know, if someone comes in and their friend signs up, then the next time that client's in, we take a photo, we tell everyone in the studio, Hey, Denise is going to train the whole month of August for free because her friend Steve joined. So that's huge. I like that. And I like letting other members know how she got that, which is cool. It's like Mm -hmm. awareness to me is everything. So letting that be known is great. You're the first person who said that to me in the past year. So that's really cool, dude. Now to stay in marketing a little bit longer, so I, I see the pictures behind you in your office. Awesome, tangible piece of evidence to show we get results and testimonials, before and afters, all that great stuff. Where are you guys on the social media side of things from a marketing perspective? Sure. So uh, my co-owner, Bo, um, she is really our marketing extraordinaire. She came from Europe and worked for uh, a major, major corporation that you know she managed a million dollar plus budget. And so she is like our, our bread and butter when it comes to social media. And that's where her passion is. And so she's real consistent about, you know, staying in front of uh, our target audience, posting on Facebook, posting on Instagram. Admittedly, we don't do a lot of paid ads on either platform just because we haven't found it to be real necessary, um, which is a good problem. Um, But, you know, when we talk about our social media 
even with our clientele, one thing that they share with us is they like that we utilize it to, you know, kind of showcase what's happening in the studio, um, you know, showcase not only results, but also, you know, offs off scale wins, as we call them, you know, people who are just genuinely sleeping better, moving better um, from their efforts in here. And so that really attracts our target audience of, of people who are looking for a space uh, full of people just like themselves, you know, who are just trying to become better, younger versions of themselves. Yeah, yeah, 100%, man. A, a great way to use social media in, in this modern day. Now, with your members you have there, Matt, what is what is like the demographic or typical clientele or niche you're attracting to your space? So it, it's funny because, you know, all three of us as owners were younger, we're in our early 30s. Um, yeah. You know, I'm tatted up from head to toe, you know, under these clothes. So it's funny, like that we really market to people who are nothing like us. And that's a large part of also why it's really important for us to use our social media to show who we work with and the results that those people get and not really use it to explain who we are per se. Um, because our target audience tends to be like 45, 50 plus years old. Uh, we got a few different avatars, if you will, from, you know, that, that maybe late thirties, early forties, mom is probably the youngest we're going to go. Um, to the you know 50 year old business executive who's spent the last 30 years of his life getting to where he is and everything has been all about his profession and not about his you know personal fitness and so we're here to save the rest of his life if you will uh, yeah i love it man i love it and obviously our service we give is very valuable and yeah offering that is awesome for our community there in that coastal mesa area now we have members that come in what is that initial experience like, Matt, for that new member starting with you guys? How do you get them onboarded and part of your training membership? So day zero for us is a consultation. You know, it's just an opportunity for people to come in, see the space. It's not a workout. You know, we tell people that it's an opportunity to put a face to the name and spend some intimate time with each other to really determine what they're looking to accomplish so that we can explain to them, you know, what it would take for them to reach their goals. And uh, that's also kind of an interview process for both of us. You know, I, I just had a, a guy the other day who called us and, you know, we had pre-qualified him on the phone in the past. And he said, hey, I'm ready. I'm, I'm here. I'm going to do six months twice a week. And my wife said, OK, great. Let's get you on the schedule for a consultation with my husband. And he's like, no, 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 I'm ready. I know what I want. And she's like, yeah, well, this is how we do things. And he's like, lady, I'm trying to give you money. And, you know, eventually it had to get to the point where we told him, we're like, look, we need to make sure that you're a good fit for us just as much as we're a good fit for you. And, uh, that's largely, uh, in part to why our community is as strong as it is because we kind of pick and choose who we work with. So beyond the consultation, which typically takes 30, 45 minutes, we go into a one-on-one -on -one fitness evaluation. So we still have the time to, you know, do our due diligence and design a program based off of who they are. And then we're introducing them into that semi-private format. Yeah, awesome. I love it, man. Uh, just the structure behind it is great. A lot of newer gyms, uh, younger gym owners may not have that structure in place. But as I'm sure you guys have seen, the fruits of that labor kind of pay off, which is awesome. So I joined the mm -hmm. gym take me through a consultation. I'm in the training program. Are there ways your members and clients are able to spend money with you guys on top of that small group training membership? Yep. So we do offer an in-house nutrition program. 
um, you know, my mother's a nutritionist, so uh, she actually has a, a nationwide brand uh, called Balanced Habits that, of course, we're a, a partner of. And Balanced Habits has a registered dietitian on their team that we utilize to design programs, uh, both safely and legally. And uh, then we implement that program uh, into our personal training. So we have clients who come to us just for training. We have clients who come to us just for nutrition. And then of course, we've got a bulk of them who see us for a combination of the two services. And that's typically decided during that consultation, you know, reflective of the goal that they're looking to accomplish. And then we also of course have, you know, some supplementation that we carry that, you know, coincides with, uh, the recommendations that we make and we do have apparel and, you know, during that first month, we, we try to really make them feel, you know, part of the family. So, you know, they get a couple things for free, like their little swag bag that's got their first shirt in it and their tumbler and, you know, all the knickknacks. And then eventually they see someone who's got a really nice jacket on. Well, it's like, oh, I want that. So, yeah. yeah. Love I love the, uh, the tie with your mom too and then the nutrition piece. What percentage of your clients take advantage of that part of the service or both parts? Sure. So I would say, you know, over a lifetime of a, a client being with us, which on average, our retention rate is at least uh, 18 months is, I would say, the bare minimum of how often someone's going to be with us or how long I should say. 80% um, of those clients are going to go through the nutrition program at one point or another. Awesome. That's great, dude. That's great. So obviously, that's going to lend to better results, too. And like you said, the retention piece, they're going to stay longer because of that. So with your retention being where it's at, Matt, what are some keys that you guys do, some key behaviors to keep your clients engaged, you know, with you guys and with the gym? Sure. I mean, first and foremost, it's, you know, very results forward, right? Um, yeah. You know, we have consistent assessments with them. Uh, you know, if they're in our nutrition program, they're meeting with us on a weekly basis individually from their training. So there's a great opportunity to develop a, a level of rapport that I think most studios don't have the capacity to do so. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I think one thing that sets us apart and it's something that I've fine tuned over the years is just transparency. I mean, it's constant communication with the clientele. It's continuously having them be inside your head as a studio owner of why you're making the, the decisions that you're making. It's hard to brag about if you have this great community, which all of us gym owners do, right? Oh, we've got this great community, but then you don't involve them to some degree when the hard decisions need to be made. And so that's something that we do uh, really well, in my opinion. Yeah, no, that's, that's huge, man. And uh, obviously it lends very well to retention. Average 18 months plus is awesome. So what is your, dude, what's the big picture like for you, man? Like two and a half years, things are going well. Where do you want to take this business in the future? Sure. So one of the main reasons we got a space as big as we did is so that we can maximize one studio uh, to really be able to sustain the lifestyle that we have become accustomed to. Uh, you know, I've had three studios. I've had a team of 10 plus and, you know, I've been in, running around with my, my head cut off, trying to manage everything and all these different personalities. And at this point in my life where I am, it, I'm truly more focused on my family at the moment. Um, you know, I've got a two-year-old, I've got another one on the way, two months out, my business partner's got an 18 month old. And so all three of us owners have, you know, created an environment where, 
you know, we can stay in one space, we can maximize these four walls, we can create a second revenue stream that's growing through the nutrition side of it. And, uh, you know, we can allow ourselves to be there for our families as much as for our studio and uh, get it to the point where, you know, we don't have to be in the day to day, you know, right now being in our early thirties, we enjoy training every day. And that's something that I'm passionate about, but I know inevitably, you know, it'll be something that I will pass off to the team more and more. And so those are steps that we're taking right now. You know, we have a trainer who, who works for us part-time now, as well as does some administrative assistant work that will become a full-time trainer in the next six months. And we'll hire a second trainer to support that trainer. And so, you know, there's, there's life, uh, life cycle steps there that will be taken, but I think we have a great opportunity in this particular location to just stay right here, take care of our people and, you know, still be able to show some great face time between both the profession and the personal side. Yeah, man. Yeah. I love that. Uh, where mindset is for growth and building this team behind you. So that natural life cycle as owner, we can kind of take a step back and focus on building the business and not so much the coaching side of things every single day, you know? Dude, now, now you come from a unique background, right? Your parents have been in, in, this, in this industry, so you saw that growing up. I mean, maybe it's a silly question, but how much of an impact did that have on you, like your business sense, uh, for you want, want to be in this business? What was that like? Yeah, I mean, I was, I was truly blessed, you know, to have the examples that I do and still do. Um, you know, my my father is is a tremendous uh, businessman my mother is a tremendous businesswoman you know they they pioneered this industry especially uh you know in this area you know my father being a professional bodybuilder comes from gold's gym and in venice during those massive days you know of, of bodybuilding the names that were coming out of it and so we saw what really worked in the industry and what really didn't work in the industry and, you know, just kind of continued to fine tune it over the years to make it what it is today. And also, you know, one of the uh, driving factors behind me wanting to do it was, I mean, my, my parents had a ton of freedom to be there for us as kids growing up, you know, I mean, I've got three younger sisters and, there's not a point in my life where my dad wasn't, you know, a referee for my soccer games or, you know, my, my mom wasn't coaching my sisters or, you know, they weren't there to pick us up after school. And it's, it's pretty unique, you know, to, to hear about that. And, you know, growing up, uh, seeing that I knew that I really wanted that for my son and for my soon to be daughter and my wife agreed. So that really allows us to, control you know kind of what our day looks like and ensure that we can replicate that sure 100 percent. yeah to have that uh freedom of time like when you want it is there which is which is everything man so uh mm-hmm. since you've been in this industry a while like we just talked about your parents background and how you learned from that we have listeners man that uh they want to open a gym they're trainers they may be young gym owners want to get into this business any advice you give to that person listening just from your experience to kind of set them up for success in the best way possible Oh man, where do I begin? But all from good things, you know, I I think it's really important to define early on who you want to work with, right? Uh, You know, it's so easy uh, as a, you know, young trainer to want to fill up a gym with your buddies. But I think you got to take a hard look at, uh, you know, who do you want to be able to afford you? 
you know, what does that hourly rate look like for you and for your time and for your skill set? And that's also a large part of why we work with who we work with. And, uh, you know, once you define who that person is, where does that person spend all of their time? And how do you make connections in that space so that you can ensure that you're starting to uh, get in front of the right people? And you don't have to go spend a quarter of a million dollars to open up a studio. I mean, you don't need a 5,000 square foot space to be able to personally train out of. You can start small. My father started in his garage. Recoup started in my garage, in, you know, inadvertently, but that's where it began. And, you know, the, the sky's the limit, but you have to set some realistic expectations and you got to be really clear about where you're headed. And then the systems behind you, you know, because there's a lot of personal trainers out there that are really great at training, but are really not great at operating a business. And uh, that's where I think, you know, um, consulting agencies and coaches and mentors can really fill the void of, you know, where personal trainers lack so that you can go focus on what you're really good at and what you love doing, but you can still take care of your people in the back end. Yeah. Matt, I think that's uh, awesome advice, man. Start small, lead with revenue, put systems in place. And if you don't know how to do that, seek out some help and uh, maybe spend some money there. I think maybe spend some money there than on a ton of certifications, right? Maybe. Oh, absolutely. Learn how to run a business, like you said, and that can set you up for success for a long, long time. Like, like you've seen firsthand, which is, which is awesome, man. So Matt, uh, dude, I think it's a perfect place to wrap up this episode. Where can the listeners check you out and follow you like website, social media, where, where can we find you and follow your guy's story? Yeah, absolutely. You can find us online, recouppersonaltraining.com. You can find us on Instagram, recoup underscore personal training. Uh, reach out, you know, don't hesitate. Always happy to, to continue to help, uh, you know, up and comers in this industry. I feel truly blessed to be able to do so. I had a ton of mentors in my early days and, you know, happy to, uh, you know, continue doing that for, for anyone else. Yeah, man. Appreciate you so much, man, for coming on that. And uh, give you guys a follow on Instagram right after us. But uh, thank you so much. Best of luck. Right on. Thank you. Have a good one. You, got it, man. you as well. And listeners, we appreciate you guys too. Please hit like and subscribe to be notified for all of our future episodes. And until next time, Jim Lords, we are out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.